The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, starring Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce. The makers of Bromo Quinine Cold Tablets bring you another adventure of Sherlock Holmes with Basil Rathbone as Sherlock Holmes and Nigel Bruce as Dr. Watson. When you are threatened with a cold, remember this. Bromo Quinine Tablets are made expressly for the relief of colds. They are not a cure-all. They are made for one thing and one thing only, and that is the relief of colds. Isn't it better to take a preparation that has only one use rather than one that has half a dozen uses? Ensure yourself the advantages of specialized medication. When you feel a cold coming on, take Bromo Quinine Tablets. And now, here we are, seated once more in Dr. Watson's study. The good doctor is wandering aimlessly about the room, tidying objects on his desk, straightening a row of books. Well, Dr. Watson, you certainly have a passion for law and order. A place for everything and everything in its place, I always say. I do hate a mess. Holmes, on the contrary, was one of the untidiest men that ever drove a fellow lodger to desperation. When I find a man who keeps his cigars in the coal scuttle, his tobacco in the end of a Persian slipper, and his unanswered correspondence transfixed by a jackknife in the very center of the wooden mantelpiece, then I begin to give myself <laughs> a virtuous airs. And of course that annoyed Sherlock Holmes. He never even noticed it. Well, now, let me see. The last time I think I promised that this week's story would be the Musgrave Ritual. The Musgrave Ritual. What was that? Patience, Mr. Manning. Patience. Well, as I was saying, Holmes was very untidy. Our chambers were always full of chemicals and criminal relics, but his papers were my greatest trial. He had a horror of destroying documents. Once a year or so, I would browbeat him into docketing and cataloging them. One winter night, as we sat together by the fire, Holmes playing casual chords on his violin, I ventured to suggest that he might spend his time more profitably by making our sitting room a little more habitable. I say, Holmes, I wish you'd stop that caterwauling. Stop that racket. Why don't you do something worthwhile instead of lolling around like that? For instance? Well, uh, well, you could straighten up this room. It looks more like a pigsty every day. <sighs> Very well. Now where are you going? Look at the place. Papers on the table, papers on the floor, papers on all the chairs. Papers are just about everywhere.
What are you doing, Holmes? Pulling that large tin box in here. House cleaning. The key. Oh, yes. What have you got in there? Cases. Records of some of my earlier cases. Done prematurely. Before I had such a competent biographer. I think if you knew what I had in this box, you'd ask me to pull some out rather than putting others in. It's no use, Holmes. You can't get round me like that. You might just as well begin putting your stuff away. Hmm, here's the record of the Tarleton murders, the case of Vonbury, hmm. the adventure of the Russian woman, ooh, and the singular affair of the aluminium crutch. Aluminium crutch? Yes, a most amazing story. It was one April day. The rain was coming down in torrents. I'm not interested. Hi-ho. Well, I suppose I'd best get back to work. Ah, uh, here. Now here really is something a little recherche. Bah. It's nothing but a wooden box with a sliding lid. But look inside. Look inside. Hmm. A crumpled piece of paper with some doggerel written on it. An old-fashioned brass key, a peg of wood with a ball of string attached, and three rusty old discs of metal. Not very impressive. Well, what do you make of it? It's a strange collection. And there is a stranger story connected with it. <laughs> I suspected these relics had a history. They are history, my dear Watson. They are history. What was it about? These are all I have left to remind me of the Musgrave ritual. Fascinating case. Fascinating. Hi-ho. Well, I guess I'd better be getting on with my work. Er, uh, what was the Musgrave ritual? You want to interrupt my labors with a silly story? Dear, dear, and leave all this litter as it is reprehensible, my dear Watson. Thoroughly reprehensible. Oh, get on with the story. Very well. It was one of my first cases when I was making a most precarious living out of my sleuthing. It had to do with Reginald Musgrave, a scion of one of the oldest families in the kingdom. Well, I hadn't seen Reginald Musgrave in several years until one morning I received a note from him. Here it is. My dear Sherlock, I hear that you are turning to practical ends these powers with which you use to analyze us. Could you spare time to visit us here at Pearlstone? I can promise you a problem which will tax even your nimble wits. Hopefully yours, Reginald Musgrave. You can imagine my eagerness. In my innermost heart, I believed that I could succeed where others had failed. Conceit. Don't interrupt, Watson. Don't interrupt. Well, late that night I arrived at Hurlstone to find myself enthusiastically greeted by mine host. Well, Holmes, delighted to see you, my dear fellow. It's awfully good of you to come. You've gotten taller and thinner than ever. You're much the same, I should say, Musgrave. Alfred, carry Mr. Holmes' bags up to his room. Yes, sir. Your uh, butler is new at his job, isn't he? Yes, but how did you know? 
His uniform is rather a bad fit, and his legs are better suited to the stable yard than the drawing room. Well, as a matter of fact, he's just been promoted to his post. He used to be the head coachman. It's about Brunton, our old butler, that I wanted to see you. What about him? He's disappeared. Brunton's disappeared, eh? Seems to me I've heard you mention his name before. I dare say you have. He's been in service here for nearly 20 years, although he's barely 40 now. Rather unusual. Yes, he was a young teacher out of place when he was first taken up by my father. He was a man of great ability, handsome, spoke several languages, and played every musical instrument. A paragon. Brunton had only one fault. Yes? He was a bit of a Don Juan. A few months ago, we were in hope that he was about to settle down before he became engaged to Rachel Howells, our second maid. Well? Well, he has since thrown her over and taken up with the daughter of the head gamekeeper. And what was this girl, uh, Rachel, like? Rachel is a very good girl, but of an excitable Welsh temperament. She had a touch of brain fever subsequent to the smash-up of her romance. I'm really rather worried about the girl. Yes, but look here, Musgrave. You haven't brought me all the way from London to discuss the servant girl's love affairs. That was our first drama at Hurlstone, and quite a tempest in a teapot it was. You know what country houses are like. But a second one came to drive it from our minds, and it was prefaced by the disgrace and dismissal of the butler, Brunton. Dismissal? One night last week, Thursday to be exact, I found that I couldn't sleep. You know how it is. Well, at two o'clock, I rose and lit a candle, intending to get a novel I'd been reading in the library. I pulled on my dressing gown and started down the stairs. Imagine my surprise when, looking down the corridor, I saw a glimmer of light coming from the library door. My first thought was of burglars. Luckily, our corridors are liberally decorated with trophies and old weapon. I seized a battle axe in either hand and tiptoed down the passage to the library door. Don't move, if you value your life. Oh, sir! Why, why, God bless me, it's Brunton! What are you doing down here in the middle of the night? Well, you see, sir, I was... And my desk has been broken into, and my private papers strewn on the table. What do you mean by going through my private papers? You scoundrel, after the trust we've had in you. Well, sir, I, I meant no harm. The impudence, the rank impudence. Brunton, you will leave my service tomorrow. Oh, Mr. Musgrave, sir, I can't bear the disgrace. I've always been proud about my station in life. Yes, and look what it has led you into. The disgrace will kill me. At least let me give you notice and leave in a month's time, as if it was my own free will. Very well, but a month is too long. Take yourself off in a week and give what reasons you wish for going. Only a week? Oh, no. A fortnight. At least say a fortnight. A week. And you've been let off very lightly. Now put down that paper you have in your hand and get out. And after that little set to, you were too annoyed to sleep, eh, Musgrave? Well, as a matter of fact, I did spend the rest of the night thinking of things I should have said to the fellow. However, by morning I had calmed down somewhat. And Brunton? For two days afterwards, Brunton was most assiduous in his attention to his duties. On the third day, he was gone. Gone? Gone where? Deuce take it, that's what I would like to know. His bed had not been slept in, but all our windows and doors were found locked on the inside and no one had let him out. Did you question this girl, uh, Rachel? Yes, 
she's been very ill ever since his disappearance, sometimes hysterical. I had to have a nurse to sit up with her at night. What was the condition of Brunton's room after the disappearance? Very orderly, as usual. His clothes, his watch, even his money were in the room. But the black suit he usually wore was missing. His slippers, too, were gone, but not his boots. Enlightening, most enlightening. And what was the paper he had in his hand when you surprised him in the library? It was the Musgrave Ritual. The Musgrave Ritual? What is that? Oh, rather an absurd business. It has only its antiquity to excuse it. It's a strange sort of catechism which each Musgrave must answer when he becomes of age. Could I see it? Certainly, certainly. It's in the library. Come this way. Hmm. This old hall is rather impressive with all its armor and weapons. Wait, I fancy I heard someone on the stairs. Someone on tiptoe. I'll run up and have a look. Be careful, my dear fellow, be careful. No, there's no one there. Strange. I would have sworn I heard footsteps. Must have been the old stairs creaking. This is the library, and this is the desk where I keep my private papers. How private? I mean, is there anything that would benefit someone else? Oh, good heavens, no. Nothing that might lead to blackmail? <laughs> no. Sorry to disappoint you, Holmes, but I've led a very tame and uninteresting life. <laughs> I see one of the drawers has been broken into. Very amateurish. I'm afraid Brunton had very little experience. Yes, that lock is completely damaged. I've moved everything to this side of the desk. Uh, just a minute till I find my key. Ah, yes. And here is the Musgrave ritual. Hmm. Curious old writing. Dates back to, uh, Charles I, I should say. You can tell by the spelling. Probably Charles II. My ancestor, Ralph Musgrave, was a prominent cavalier and right-hand man in Charles's wanderings. They went in for rigmarole of this sort in those days. It's just a series of questions and answers, probably the bywords of a secret society. You know the answers by heart, I take it. Yes. It's something every Musgrave has to learn. Suppose I read off the questions, and you give me the answers. Fire away. You can't trip me up there. All right. Here goes. Whose was it? His who is gone. Who shall have it? He who will come. Where was the sun? Over the oak. Where was the shadow? Under the elm. How was it stepped? North by ten and by ten, east by five and by five, south by two and by two, west by one and by one, and so under. What shall we give for it? All that is ours. Why should we give it? For the sake of the trust. As you can see, Holmes, the paper has no practical importance. On the contrary, it has tremendous practical importance. Your butler seems to have been a very clever fellow. He has had more insight than ten generations of his masters. I say, Holmes. The oak, I take it, is the one that stands here, to the east of the house. I noticed it as I drove up. That's right. You can see it from this window. Yes, quite a patriarch. It must have been here when the ritual was drawn up. It was there at the Norman Conquest, in all probability. Listen, there's someone in the hall outside, eavesdropping. I'm sure of it this time. I'll soon find... Oh, 
hello. Why, it's Rachel. Oh, my dear girl, whatever are you doing up and about like this? Where's your nurse? She, she's sleeping. I fooled her. <laughs> you must go right back to bed. Yes, I must go right back. He's gone. Yes, of course. Brunton's gone. He's gone, I say. Yes, yes, I, I know that. Now, don't worry, we'll find him for you. Just go back. You'll never find him. Never. I know where he's gone. Yes. He's gone to where he belongs. Where is that? To hell. He's gone to hell. <laughs> I say, she's delirious. Help me to get her upstairs, will you? We'll have to postpone our talk, I'm afraid. Yes, there's nothing more to do until tomorrow morning, in any case. What do you mean, tomorrow morning? When the sun is over the oak. That's what he said. And now he's gone. In just a moment, we will rejoin Sherlock Holmes as he endeavors to solve the mystery of the Musgrave ritual. A cold, even a so-called slight cold, is something to be concerned about. For any cold, as you well know, may quickly take a more serious turn. Be serious in your treatment of a cold. At the very first symptom, take a serious and proven preparation. Bromo quinine cold tablets have been on the market for years and their merit fully established. They really go to work on a cold's misery. They relieve the headaches and other pains that go with the cold. They relieve the stuffy and depressed feeling that accompanies a cold. They help reduce the fever that goes with the cold. They give you that multiple action you want. Don't fool around when you feel a cold coming on. Take warning at the first symptom and take Bromo Quinine Tablets. Bromo Quinine Tablets are sold by all drugstores, a few cents a box. Ask clearly and firmly for Bromo, B-R-O-M-O Quinine, Q-U-I-N-I-N-E, Bromo Quinine Cold Tablets. morning, Holmes. I hope you haven't been too bored prowling around the grounds by yourself. Sorry to have kept you waiting for breakfast. Fact is, I'm a bit upset. There's been another disappearance. Rachel eluded her nurse again last night, and so far she hasn't been found. So I understand. Your new butler told me. I've traced her footprints to the edge of this lake. But the lake is over eight feet deep at this point. Oh, the poor demented girl. I took the liberty of ordering the drags and grappling hooks at once. Yes, I see the men working. Have you found... Nothing. Exactly nothing. Hello. There seems to be some excitement now. The drags have caught on something. We got it, sir. We got it this time for sure. Pull hard, boys. Well, that's right. What a frightful business. Hello? Why, why, it's not a body. No, it's a large canvas bag. Here, boys, give it to me. Yes, sir. What's in it? Oh, just a minute. Don't slosh it around so. 
Why, why, it's just a lot of old discolored metal and some dull colored pebbles or glass. Bah, throw it back in. Stop. Better keep that stuff. Bring it along and don't let it out of your hands. Now let's get back to the house. Breakfast, eh? No, breakfast will have to be postponed. The sun is now over the oak. I say, Holmes, you're not taking that rubbish seriously. The only thing that puzzles me is the absence of our ancient elm tree. Sorry to disappoint you. There are plenty of elderly beeches, won't they do? No, I'm afraid not. Wait a minute. There used to be an elm. Very ancient it was, too. Over there, you can still see the stump. It was cut down when I was about 15. Hmm, that's better. Midway between the house and the oak. Yes, that must have been the one. I suppose it's impossible to find out how tall it was. Not at all. It was 64 feet. Excellent! But how in... That tree was my tutor's favorite exercise in trigonometry. Now then, the shadow of the oak is fairly obvious. We can see that for ourselves. But the shadow of the elm tree is a bit more difficult. I say, Holmes, what are you doing with that fishing rod? A fishing rod of six feet throws a shadow of, uh, let me see, nine feet exactly. Quite simple. Therefore, a tree of 64 feet will throw a shadow of 96 feet. And in the same direction, where's my tape? Ah, uh, yes, 96 feet, 96. Yes, here we are. I must say, Holmes, that's very neat. That's just the beginning, my dear fellow. Just the beginning. North, ten and ten. Ten steps by each foot, I think that means. That takes you parallel to the well of the old wing of the house. Marked with a peg. Now five to the east, yes, and two to the south. I say, it takes you to that old unused door. The old unused door has been used quite recently. The surrounding ivy is all torn. Yes, by Jove. Well, it's even unlocked. How long since this wing has been inhabited? Not for several generations. It's the oldest part of the house, built in the 16th century, I should say. It's only used nowadays to store things in. Open the door. Two paces to the west obviously means two paces down this flagstone passage. Well, this must be the place indicated by the ritual. What are you tapping the stones for? All firmly cemented together. Not even a hollow sound. I told you it was all balderdash. Hold on, and so under. I nearly forgot that one. Is there a cellar under this place? Yes, it's as old as the house. Lead me to it. That's where our search ends. Very well, but what are we searching for? Oh, careful. Steps here. It's pretty dark. Oh, that's it. This is the cellar. We store wood down here sometimes. Hello. It's all been moved to the side. What's this? What's this? It's Brunton's muffler. What's the villain been doing down here? Just as I thought. Look here, this piece of wood. It's been used to prop up something heavy. See how both ends are flattened. Look, the muffler's attached to this iron ring set in the flagstone. Quite sizable flagstone, eh? He must have had someone to help him. 
He couldn't raise that by himself. You mean Brunton? Yes. He was after the buried treasure. He probably talked Rachel into assisting him. That's how she happened to be in possession of the bag she threw into the lake. I don't understand what you're talking about. <clears throat> Can't budget. Lend a hand, will you, Musgrave? Righto. <clears throat> there it comes. Quick, prop it up with that piece of wood. That's it. By Jove, it's, it's a small room down here. And there on the side, what's that? That, my dear Musgrave, is what Brunton was after. Come on, let's go down. A brass-bound wooden box, all covered with dust and worm-eaten. The lid has been thrown back. Uh, look here, Holmes. I thought you expected to find a considerable treasure. All this trunk contains is a few discolored discs of metal, old coins, apparently. I say, do you think that rascal Brunton has been here and robbed me? That was his intention, undoubtedly, but I don't think he succeeded. Why not? The box is empty. Because I think I see his feet sticking out from behind the box. Here, help me move it. It's Brunton, all right. He's... he's dead. Quite. Suffocated, I fancy. This cubbyhole isn't very large. Yes, but how... how did it happen? He was murdered on the second night after you discovered him in the library. I can reconstruct the scene fairly easily from the data we have on hand. Rachel's condition, the bag found in the lake, the open door, the muffler, and the piece of wood used as a prop. It is the last which is particularly significant. He had talked Rachel into assisting him, realizing that the girl was still infatuated. They waited until everyone had gone to bed, then stole down here. It was a stormy night, I believe. That's it. Close the door after you. Now light the lantern. That's better. For the love of heaven, don't look like that, Rachel. Nothing's going to happen to you. I'm afraid. Do you think we ought? What's the matter with you? If I'd have known you'd had no more spunk than this, I'd have asked someone else. I thought you said you loved me. I do. You know I do. I'd do anything for you. Well then, come along. Down this stairway. Easy. But it... it's stealing. Stealing? To take something a man doesn't even know he has? He'll never miss it. But it's his, not ours. What of it? He hasn't the sense to find it, has he? <laughs> I'm the only one has enough brains for that. Think I want to spend the rest of my life waiting on them that aren't as good as I am? Well, we'll have money, we'll be rich. Why do you think I didn't marry you before? Because I wasn't making enough. Think I'm going to starve myself to keep a wife? Then you will marry me if, if we find it. Here's the ring. Wait, I'll pull my muffler through it. But you will marry me. You must. I haven't told you before because I didn't want to worry you, but folks are beginning to suspect, and I can't... Stop your babbling and grab this muffler. Now then, pull! 
pull harder. Ugh. It's so heavy. A lot of you sure are to a man. Pull harder, I tell you. There she comes. Oh, quick, shove that piece of wood under here. There. Why, there's a trunk down there. Of course, and I'm going to find out what's in it. Stop trembling, you fool. You're shaking the lantern. You will marry me, won't you? Bah, it's dusty down here. There's even a key in the lock. Up goes the lid. Aha! Well, well, well. That's something like it. You will marry me? Here, put this stuff in the canvas bag I brought along. Careful, you ninny, don't drop it. Now give me a hand and help me out of here. You... you haven't answered me. Haven't answered what? You are going to marry me, aren't you? Marry you? <laughs> what kind of a fool do you take me for? Marry a girl like you that lets a man... <laughs> don't laugh. How do I know I'm the only one you've ever had? A wench like you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. I hate the sight of you. I don't ever want to see you again. Here, what are you doing with that piece of wood? Look out, you fool. You'll pull it out. You'll... You wouldn't marry me. Let me out. Let me out. I can't breathe. Let me out. He wouldn't marry me. He wouldn't marry me. I say, Holmes, what a cad he must have been. Quite. But what did Brunton find that he'd considered so valuable? The contents of that bag. This old rubbish. Why, the metal is almost black, and these dull-looking stones are... Try rubbing one of them. That reddish one, for instance. Righto. I say, I say, it develops quite a sparkle. Quite? I imagine that stuff was left in your ancestors' possession by the royal party on the death of Charles I. I congratulate you on its discovery. It is of great intrinsic value, but of even greater importance as a historical curiosity. Why, what is it then? It is nothing less than the ancient crown of the kings of England. That's an exciting discovery, Dr. Watson. How did it happen that Charles II never recovered his crown? That is the one point that Holmes was unable to clear up. It is likely that the Musgrave who held the secret died in the interval and by some oversight left this guide to his descendants without explaining the meaning of it. Thank you for joining us this week, Dr. Watson. There are all kinds of things being offered for the treatment of colds, but remember this. Bromoquinine tablets are made solely for the relief of colds. They don't pretend to do half a dozen things. They claim to do only one thing and do it well, and that is relieve a cold's distress. Furthermore, bromoquinine cold tablets are a proven preparation. They have been the standby of millions for years. Use your head when a cold threatens and take a preparation whose merit has been conclusively proven. 
Don't fall for fly-by-night preparations or medicines that claim the world. Thousands, yes, millions of men and women endorse your judgment when you take bromoquinine cold tablets. Every drugstore in the land sells these famous tablets at a few cents a box. The minute you feel a cold coming on, make your way to a drugstore and say, bromoquinine cold tablets, please. You have been listening to a Sherlock Holmes adventure adapted from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's story, The Musgrave Ritual, with Basil Rathbone as Sherlock Holmes and Nigel Bruce as Dr. Watson. The dramatization was by Edith Miser. This program is presented from Hollywood every week at the same time by the makers of Bromo Quinine Cold Tablets. Quick relief for colds. This is Knox Manning speaking. This has been Sherlock Holmes' The Musgrave Ritual, with Nick Newart as Knox Manning and others, Bill Armstrong as Dr. Watson and Richard Brunton, David Sinclair as Sherlock Holmes, James Clark as Reginald Musgrave, and Lisa Hogan as Rachel Howells. Sound engineering and editing was by John Roberts, and the show was directed by Carrie Crosby. The script for this show is from Generic Radio Workshop, Ted Meeland, and Radioactive. This radio play was produced by Little Theater of Norfolk as part of the podcast Ghost Light. <laughs>